In this episode of Quakers Today, we ask, what is a daily practice that clears your head and steadies you for the day? I speak with an eyewitness to a modern revival in Wilmore, Kentucky, a spiritual event that made national news. Was it a hoax, group hysteria, or was this a genuine spiritual encounter? Carla J tells us what she heard and saw on her visit to Asbury University. Anthony Kirk, a transgender pastor at a friend's church, shares a Bible passage that has been central to his spiritual and gender journey. And Kathleen B. Wilson dusted off and reformatted the writings of an early 20th century mystic. You will hear readings from the new pamphlet, Quaker Thomas Kelly, Life from the Center. I am Peterson Toscano. This is the sixth episode of Quakers Today, a project of Friends Publishing Corporation. This first season of Quakers Today has been sponsored by Quaker Voluntary Service. Carla J. serves as the Global Ministries Coordinator for Friends United Meeting, or FUM. Her husband, Michael J., is the pastor of Raysville Friends Church. Carla has been on the pastoral team at Iglesia Amigos de Indianapolis, where her father, Carlos Moran, is pastor. Like many people, it was online that she first learned about the Asbury Revival. I just thought, oh, you know, these are people that probably want attention or just want to say that, you know, the spirit is being poor over them. On February 8, 2023, after an on-campus chapel service, a group of Asbury students decided to stay in the chapel to pray and sing. For the next two weeks, students, community members, and visitors from around the USA attended impromptu worship services. During that time, classes were suspended. Online and in the media, people called it an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, or the Asbury Revival. According to Inside Higher Ed, quote, Asbury is part of the Wesleyan theological tradition which emphasizes transformational encounters with the Holy Spirit, end quote. This year, during the two weeks of nearly constant prayer and worship, over 50,000 visitors joined the students. Carla J. was not interested in traveling the three hours to the Asbury campus, but her sister, who Carla doesn't get to see often, proposed they meet up and visit together. Carla shared with me what she saw and heard, and she reflects on what revival means to her. It wasn't hard to find. The campus is not that big. We found it, and we saw that it would be a while before we got in. There was maybe 2,000 people outside at the time we went there. Being already suspicious of what was happening, I was looking for, like, are there any other Latinos? (laughs) Are there other Black people here? You know, people that are different from regular white people. Is this just like a white people movement? There was some other Latinos. Maybe not as many as I, I would have liked there to be, but there were some other Latinos in the crowd. The majority of the crowd was white. We waited about 45 minutes to get in. And in the meantime, an usher came and he asked us, what did we need? And and what were we doing there? Like, did we come for anything in particular? And we said, we just came to feel the presence and to be here. He said, are there any needs that you have that you would like me to pray for you? And we said, just that we feel the presence. 
he prayed for us that we may feel the presence and that we may be blessed. It was just very quiet. Even though there was music being played in the background, the worship leaders weren't not really leading people into worship. It was as if there it, there there was background music. People were praying. Some people were singing to the music that was that was being played. Some people, if they felt like they went up and gave testimony, people were were allowed to go in and out as as they felt led. It almost felt like in a program meeting for worship with background music. It wasn't organized. It was spontaneous. We were there for about an hour and a half, and I felt like we had only been there for 15 minutes. I didn't feel bored or anxious, and I usually feel that in a lot of like church meetings, that I'm bored, I'm anxious, that I want to leave. I've, I've already sang these hymns before. I probably already heard that sermon before, whether the person that I'm listening to is new, but I probably already heard the sermon in some way or another. I did not feel that at Asbury. I just felt like there was peace there and that whatever was happening, a genuine experience for most of the people there. Growing up evangelical and holiness, I did see adults making a plea for a revival to happen, but I never seen them asking for repentance or turning around. The church has been asking for a revival to happen, but at the same time, I don't see many leaders of the church recognizing the sins that the church has been a part of. And some of that sin has has to do with issues of justice. What I saw in, in Asbury is that this movement, or it might be too soon to call it revival, but this outpouring happened in very young people. I mean, these are college kids. They're not older than, I don't know, 23. They don't have any influence. They don't have any positions of power. The spontaneous worship happened among them. It didn't happen in an older generation that is not recognizing the sins. And, and you know, like the younger generation, it's being more honest about the injustices that are happening in this country that might have something to do with, you know, recognizing that not everyone in this country has the same justice. And being able to recognize that and being able to say we are going to make a difference, I think that in itself is the the movement of, of the Holy Spirit. God is not going to do an outpouring in people that are not repenting and calling for justice in this country. If they're not calling against racism, if they're not calling against misogyny, the Holy Spirit is not going to move in in that. Our relationship with God also has to do with our relationship with others around us and how we seek justice for our brothers and sisters. My journey with religion and spirituality has been completely intertwined 
in my relationship with my gender identity and coming out as transgender. My name is Anthony Kirk. I use he, him pronouns. I live in Klamath Falls, Oregon, and I am currently the pastor of Klamath Falls Friends Church. There's actually a psalm that has really helped me. I reflect on it a lot. I use it for Transgender Day of Visibility events, and I share it with those who are exploring their identity, exploring their gender, their sexuality, and wondering, well, where do I fit? The scripture that I use comes from Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16 from the New Revised Standard Version. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. That I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your books were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. And it's the beautiful reminder that God knew us since our conception as we were formed. God knew us and loved us and created us long before society put labels on us, made assumptions. And that's brought so much comfort to me and so many people in my life. That was Anthony Kirk in an excerpt from the Quaker Speak video, Made in the Image of God, a transgender pastor shares Psalm 139. You'll find the full video and other Quaker Speak videos at the Quaker Speak channel on YouTube, or visit quakerspeak.com. Quaker Thomas Kelly, Life from the Center, is a free online pamphlet that includes excerpts from two of Kelly's books, Testament of Devotion and The Eternal Promise. While reading Kelly's writing, Kathleen B. Wilson started copying excerpts verbatim and arranging sentences and phrases. The format helped her savor each word and phrase. Alyssa Vanderbark, a Quaker Voluntary Service Fellow, and Jonah Sutton Morse, a member of Concord Monthly Meeting in New Hampshire, join us to read passages from the pamphlet. I have no interest in silence as a form, but I know that devotion and dedication arise in the deep communing of the heart, in dwelling with a silence in the center of our being. In periods of relaxed listening and expectancy, the silence within us seems to merge with a creative silence within the heart of God, and we hear eternity's whispers, and we become miracles of eternity, breaking into time. Live a listening life. Order your outward life so that nothing drowns out the listening. The second spring of hope is this. We simple, humble people can bear the seed of hope. No religious dictator will save the world, no giant figure of heroic size 
will stalk across the stage of history today as a new Messiah. But in simple, humble, imperfect persons, like you and me, wells up the spring of hope. We have this treasure of the seed in the earthen vessels, very earthen vessels. Yield yourselves to the growth of the seed within you in these our days of suffering. Sow yourselves into the furrows of the world's pain, and hope will grow and rise high. Be not overcome by the imposing forces of evil and of might. Be of good cheer, says Jesus. I have overcome the world. That was Alyssa Vanderbark and Jonah Sutton Morse reading excerpts from the free online pamphlet Quaker Thomas Kelly, Life from the Center. You can read the full version and the introduction written by Kathleen B. Wilson at the website quakerthomaskelly.org. That's quakerthomaskelly.org. And you can connect with Quakers like Jonah at the Society of Friends Discord group. I will have links for you in our show notes. Thank you for listening to Quakers Today. This podcast is written and produced by me, Peter Santoscano. I receive a lot of assistance and input from the Friends Journal staff, Gabe, Gail, Martin, and Ron. Thank you, friends. For articles and blog posts related to this episode, visit friendsjournal.org. That's friendsjournal.org. Music on today's show comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, this is the end of season one, (laughs) but fear not. Friends Publishing Corporation has renewed the show for another season. I will continue to produce it with the possibility of a co-host. We will premiere season two on June 13th, 2023. Season one of Quakers Today was sponsored by Quaker Voluntary Service. Thank you so much. QVS is the only organization in the United States dedicated solely to the spiritual and vocational needs of young adult friends and seekers. Learn about the year-long fellowship program for young adults. Visit QuakerVoluntaryService.org and follow QVS on Instagram at QuakerVoluntaryService. If you have a comment, suggestion for this podcast, or just want to say hi, you can email me, podcast at friendsjournal.org. That's podcast at friendsjournal.org. Stick around after the closing to hear voicemails from listeners who share their daily spiritual practices. Thank you, friend. I look forward to spending more time with you soon. In a moment, you will hear voicemails from listeners about their daily spiritual practices. But first, I want to share with you the question for our June episode. It is a question about leaders and leadership. The world is changing rapidly, and these include changes to how we view our leaders in the political realm and the religious spaces. With so many people working remotely, even the relationships between managers and workers have changed. So here's our question for you to consider. What do you expect and need in a leader? 
This could be a leader on the job, in a religious space, in your community, or in the political world. What do you expect and need in a leader? I would love to hear and share your thoughts. Leave a voice memo with your name and the town where you live. The number to call is 317-QUAKERS. That's 317-782-5377. 317-QUAKERS. Plus one if you're calling from outside the USA. You can also send an email. I have these contact details in our show notes over at quakerstoday.org. Now, we hear answers to the question, what is a daily practice that clears your head and steadies you for the day? I'm Sunny in Virginia. I attend Richmond Friends Meeting. And thank you for the query. It helped me think through what it is that starts my day. After reading two-day books in the luxury of my bed with hot coffee and a dog, I go for movement in the fresh air. This morning I swept the deck with a sturdy broom while the pollen was still damp so the mask wasn't needed. Some mornings I might sweep leaves or rake or follow the dog around the meadow, but breathing and moving awakens my body and pulls things together. I add a little yoga, maybe a hot shower, but the thing is, the motion of moving my body with the breath That gathers my mind, body, and spirit into the center, and there I can face the day. Thank you for that query again. I'm going to watch myself with more consciousness, but not obsession. Hi, Peterson. This is Charlene Domenici from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I worship at the Lehigh Valley Friends Meeting. So the daily practice that clears my head and steadies me for the day is praying a prayer a number of my meetings shared with me. She was the convener of a group that met to walk with me during a time of upsetting spiritual doubt. And the prayer is, God most high and glorious, come into the shadows of my heart. Give me a generous spirit and let me always live in the light of your love. Thank you. Goodbye. I got nothing to worry about when you're by my side. Mm-hmm. I got nothing to worry about when you're by my side. I looked out and I saw the to go away I felt the weight of it all come down I brace from the deafening sound But you were there Holding my Got nothing to worry about when you're by my side. I got nothing to worry about when you're by my side. I bled from the wound for at least a year. Myself up. 
reached out for the bottom rung You hoisted me up Side. 